All right. Well, happy Mother's Day again. Let me let me say that. But uh, I was thinking about uh, our series in Daniel and just all that. And it, it just didn't feel right to talk about like a fiery furnace on Mother's Day. So we're going to we're going to table that for for a week and uh, talk about talk about uh, women, talk about moms and, and something that we can learn uh, from women in the Bible. And I'm not going to give you. Uh, ten things you can do better, moms. I don't. I don't have a list for you like that. But as I was thinking about mothers and and the incredible women in my life, I was reminded of Proverbs thirty one thirty. All right, and and here's what Scripture says. And and this has been uh, the things that we have seen uh, in our in our women, both here at Redeemer uh, and in the church, the capital C church. Here here's the declaration that. That were given in Proverbs 31, 30. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Listen to this. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. If you wonder why we celebrate Mother's Day or why we give gifts to the women on. And by the way, it's all women. Uh, feel free to take the gift. But, but why we do that, it's because the Bible says that a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It's why we celebrate. It's why we give cards. It's why we do that. Not not because the world tells us to, but because Scripture says there are certain things that get honored. There are certain things that get praised. And a woman who fears the Lord is one of those things. Verse 31 says, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. I love that. And when I think about that, And I think about the women in Scripture. I I can't think of anyone who might model that or embody that Scripture quite like Mary, Jesus' mom, right? Uh, Jesus' mom. God chose Mary, think about this, for arguably the most important job in the history of the world, right? She had to raise God. (laughs) No thanks. (laughs) I mean, I think about Joseph, right, on Father's Day and it's like, wow, what a job. Can you imagine parenting a kid who never did anything wrong? That sounds great. That sounds great. But what do you do with the other kids in the house? Right? And, and thinking about that, she, she had an incredible, incredible job. She was going to give birth to the Messiah. She was going to give birth to the one who would save their people from their sins. And that was going to require some things out of her that were bigger than her. Right. And moms, when when you look at your children and, and you look at the possibilities in front of them, it's an important thing for us to recognize that that is bigger than we are and that that's actually a good thing. You know, it was pretty it's pretty easy to think that Mary was some sort of special. Right. I mean, there are there are some religions who even deify her. They, they put her on a level with God. And I think that we can all find encouragement from the fact that Mary wasn't anything special. In fact, 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says that God chooses to use the weak things of the world instead of the strong. And because that brings him great glory. And Mary was no different. The thing about the list of Mary's qualifications. She was a woman and was physically capable of giving birth. And I think that's it. I think that's all she brought to the table. And I think that was exactly what God was looking for. Think about it. Think about the things that she had going against her. 
She was too young. She was not married. Now, that would be interesting. Here, God's given us all these requirements for marriage and things, and and he was going to be born of a virgin. Think about how that looked to the surrounding community that she was in. She was pregnant out of wedlock. And she was poor. Think about the circumstances surrounding the way Jesus was born into the world. We often celebrate Christmas and we should. But Jesus was born in a feeding trough during a census when his parents traveled a long way. There was nothing extra special about the way God came into the world. There's a lot going on in Mary's life when she brought Jesus into the world. But I thought it would be fun for us to just look at ten different ways that we can take encouragement from Mary's life. Mary's journey in life, if you've taken notes, I think they're in your worship guide, uh, I think gives us hope. Because when you think about who Mary was, and you think about all that she had going against her, we have this opportunity to recognize that Like Mary, weak as we are, there is great hope in Christ. So first, she didn't understand God's plan. Did you ever think about that? That Mary didn't actually understand what God was doing. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 34. She actually declares this. And she says... uh, To the angel who told her that she was going to give birth to God, right? She says, how's this going to happen? How can this be since I am a virgin? Fair question, right? Like, I've never done the thing that makes the thing happen. It's never happened. How could this possibly be? She didn't understand God's plan. Look at Luke 2.50. Here's what, here's what it says. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. Mary, in a lot of ways, was in the dark about what God was doing. And I don't know about you, but I, I take great hope in that because there are so many things in our lives that we can't see what God is doing. The Bible simply gives us this hope that his word is a lamp to our feet. And a light to our path. You know, I don't care what it is that you believe. Or what it is that you know. Or where you've been. Or what you can do. There's some things in this life. That you're just never going to understand. Can you imagine being in Mary's shoes in that moment. And how difficult that would have been. She didn't understand God's plan. But number two. Her response to that was that she worshipped God. Her response to not knowing was to worship the one who knows. And I want to encourage you in this moment that all of us, no matter what it is that we don't know, that our, that our response to that, what we can't see, is to worship the one who can see. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 47 and following says that here's what here's Mary's response, her actual words. And my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. 
For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Here we are, thousands of years later, talking about Mary. Why? Not because she did anything awesome. Listen to what she says. Her own words, her own declaration. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is my name. Is that what she said? No, no, no. She said holy is whose name? His name. Right? Mary wasn't divine. Mary didn't bring anything special to the table. Her own, her own confession is that his name is great and he's done great things. Look at verse 50. And his mercy. This is the gospel. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to the offspring forever. What Mary was doing was worshiping in the midst of the unknown. She couldn't see exactly what that was going to look like. And it would be difficult. There would be a lot that was difficult for Mary. But when she didn't understand, she worshiped. What caused her to worship, though? Just think about that. What, what caused her to know that she could worship God when she didn't understand? Number three, she knew the word. She knew the word. Right? That's exactly what was happening in those scriptures. Look at verse 38 of Luke chapter 1. In the same way, she says, Mary says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what? Your word. How did she know that God was at work? Because she knew I needed God to do to me according to his word. And so by knowing the word, she knew that when she didn't understand, she could worship. You know what? Whether you're a mom or whether you're just a woman here today or whether you're a guy. All of us have this in common. There, there are things in this life that we do not understand. Every single one of us. There's things beyond our control, things that are outside of us, things that we can't change. You know, we try really hard in our culture when something goes wrong in our life to put a plan in place to fix it. And a lot of times we do. But what that does is it, it draws our attention away from God and onto ourselves. And we need these moments that we don't understand and we can't fix because it draws us to know the word which produces worship. It's extremely important. We know she knew the word because what she was doing in verses 54 and 55 was what she was actually singing and quoting what Hannah did in 1 Samuel chapter 2. When we say, I say this with a pun intended, that when she knew the word, she literally knew the word. It's John chapter 1, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus Christ is the word. And so she literally gave birth to the word. So she quite literally knew the word. As a result of that, 
And as as a result of what God was going to call her to do, think about number four. She was rejected by other humans. She was rejected multiple times. Look at Matthew 119. Her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved in himself to divorce her quietly, right? Understandable. She had a baby growing inside of her and he knew that he wasn't the cause for it. So, naturally, he was going to end that relationship. Now, we, we know that God stepped in and did other things, but she experienced that initial rejection when it wasn't her fault. It wasn't her fault. And yet she was going to lose her marriage and lose her future. But, even though she didn't understand, she did what? She worshipped. Why? Because she knew the word. She knew that God would work even when she was rejected by other humans. Even, even as time went on, if, if we had time, we don't. Uh, but even in Mark chapter 6, there were people who didn't understand. It was, it was, Mark chapter 6 talks about this time when, when Jesus was doing ministry. And people are, people are so dumbfounded that, that, that Jesus was healing people and Jesus was doing miracles. And he was doing all these great things. And you know what they said? They didn't just make fun of Jesus. What did they do? They made fun of his parents. Isn't, isn't that Joseph and Mary's son? How? No. He's just Joseph and Mary's son. There was, gonna, there was rejection all through her life because of her son. But I love that in that, number five, she was humble. She was humble. I probably wouldn't respond to it very well. I don't respond to it very well when it happens. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Her, uh, her own confession of, of her state in life is, is this. The angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. But then, listen to what... Is there, do I have another one there? 48? Yeah. So... For he has looked on what? Humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. It was out of her humility that was going to come. Why, why do we know that's true? Look, look at look at First Peter. Look what he says. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. Why? Because God opposes the proud but gives grace, grace to the humble. It was, it was out of her humility that that happened. And then James chapter 4 verse 6 says it says it as well, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It was in her humility that she actually uh, moved forward. And then some, some funny ones, right? Like verse 6, she lost God at an event. I think we need to recognize that she was just a normal mom, right? I mean, every mom understands taking their kid to the mall for the first time when they can walk. Right. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like they get out of the car and they start walking around the car and like they don't know anything. They're like, oh, yeah. You know, and they're like we're all right in front of a car. I'm like one of my kids did it yesterday and it wasn't the two year old. It was so it's just she was very human. That that is encouraging. Right. It's that is found in Luke chapter two, verse forty four. And I want you to listen to what she says. OK, listen to what she says. 
listen, that moms, here's, here's a word from Mary. She, it says, but supposing him to be in the group. Never suppose him to be in the group, right? We don't suppose our children are anywhere because they're probably not. Supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. Surely one of y'all found him, right? And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. She lost God. <laughs> she just supposed he was with somebody. After three days, moms, how, how, how much are we freaking out right now? Three days. How much, how much are we melting down? Sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions so they find him where he was supposed to be. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So Jesus is just having a moment in there, you know. But listen to this. Human beings, right? When they saw him, and they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, what is wrong with you? Why have you treated us like this? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Right? And Jesus is basically like, you're wrong. <laughs> but just think about it. She, she was just like all of us. Prove it even more. Number seven, she liked the good party. Don't you love Jesus' first miracle in John chapter two? Look at the first five verses. Look at, look at how she responds to him. This is, this is great. All right. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Look at verse two. Jesus also invited to the wedding with his disciples. All right. Mary's there. The disciples are there. Look at verse three. When the wine ran out, <laughs> don't you love it? When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus, who's that? Mary, said to him, hey, they don't have any wine. This party's about to go south. All right. <laughs> Look at verse four. He says to her, just a loving mother-son relationship, right? Woman, what does this have to do with me? <laughs> My hour has not yet come. Think about it. Listen, you tell me the Bible doesn't have sarcasm in it, Right? Can you imagine the banter going back and forth here? And why can I say that? Because look at the next verse. She doesn't even, she doesn't even respond to him. She turns to the servants and goes, just do whatever he tells you to. And what does Jesus do? He made more wine. He didn't just make good, more wine. He made better wine. Right? And all the people at the party are like, man, most people, they give us the good stuff. And then they bring out the old stuff. Man, we had old stuff and now we got better stuff. This party just keeps getting better. Right. And so, yes, there's a lot of theological truth that comes out of that passage. But it came out of this normal interaction of a mom and a son. Right. And so we, we take hope in that. We take hope in that relationship that she had with Jesus. That you and I, too, can have a relationship with Jesus. Because, number eight, in Christ, in him, she was strong. She was strong. I can't help but for my mind after that to run to when she would stand at the foot of the cross and watch her son be put to death for the sins of the world when he himself did nothing wrong. If you're a mom, you know, we, we, we have this term, mama bear, right, that there's just something inside of a mom that comes to the defense of her kids. Don't mess with my kids. And then you think about 
this moment in John 19:25. Let's, let's just let's let's read it. Look at it. It says, "But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene." Imagine the strength it took to stand there in that moment and watch your son. We don't have time, but he actually addresses her and looks at John, his best friend, one of his disciples, and says, you know, you're going to have to take care of my mom. And just the strength that she was able to, you know, on, on every Mother's Day, there, there are some moms who have experienced loss, whether it be through a miscarriage or whether it be through, uh, who knows, losing a child in some way or losing a mother. There's always loss. When we celebrate and we don't want to gloss over that, that that Mary in that moment needed exactly what he was purchasing. For everyone in that moment. Out of that same verse, number nine, she was faithful. She could have easily not been there, right? To not have to see that or go through that. But she was faithful. She was faithful to Jesus. And then finally, number 10. And I think this is a great word for all of us. As we think about how it handled, number 10 is that she prayed. She prayed. As I was thinking about her life, I was thinking, what's the last, what's the last picture we have of Mary? What, what's the last thing we see Jesus' mom doing? And it's this in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. So Jesus has just ascended and the people that he left are, are gathered and they're, they're just waiting, right? Jesus told them to wait, that he was going to send them the Holy Spirit and they're, and they're there. And in verse 14, we, we hear this about Mary. It says, all these were with one accord, devoting themselves to prayer together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. I don't think it was an accident that the Bible mentions her by name right there. She was faithful. She was faithful to what God was doing. And out of that, prayer isn't our last resort, right? He, he didn't, she didn't go pray because she was scared about what was happening. She had just watched her son die, rise from the dead, and then float away or disappear into heaven. <laughs> you imagine the roller coaster of emotions she was on. That would be amazing. And what was her first response to that? She gathered with the people of God to do what the people of God do. She devoted herself to prayer. What an awesome thing. What an awesome testimony. What, an what a great encouragement. So let me, let me wrap it up this way. The band's going to come up and we're going to get out of here. Hopefully you'll get to lunch on time for the moms. But listen, while they're coming up, I want you to listen to this and listen carefully. And think about it for your own life. Mary was very human. She was very human. She wasn't divine. But she was a strong woman. I'm going to keep it. 
Thank you. This thing's a massive. It's heavier than it looks. But listen to me. She was a strong woman who went through a lot. But you know what? She faithfully feared and followed Jesus. And I think that's an encouragement. That's a word that all of us can take from our life today. So whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a working mom, whether you hope to be a mom, or maybe you're a spiritual mom, let's not downplay that role, how important that is. Or whether you're a dude, we can all find hope in Mary's story that God is at work and that God loves us. And what's the scripture say? If God is for us, who can be against us? 